Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Okay, I want you to stand with me, please, in honor of the word of God. This is God's holy word. We've been studying uh, last time, at least when I was ministering, we were talking about the spirit of Caleb. Uh, we had been talking about the numbers, passages, and Hebrews about staying away from a hardened, unbelieving heart. And so today I want to read the, the word of God here in Joshua chapter 14. I'm going to begin with verse 6. Then the children of Judah came to Joshua and Gilgal. Remember, the occasion for this is the division of the land of Canaan. We've been studying about what happened uh, there in Kadesh Barnea, where they refused to believe God and go on over and take the land, and how they wandered around in their unbelief for 40 years until that old generation of unbelievers had died out. Verse 6 says, And Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, the, to Joshua, that is, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me to Kadesh Barnea to spout the land. And I brought back a word to him. As it was in my heart, not in my eyes, not with my ears, I came and gave a report that arose up out of my heart, he says. That's important. Verse 8, nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. So Moses swore on that day, and he said, surely the land where your foot is trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever. Because you have wholly followed the Lord your God. And now, boy, this is astounding. Verse 10, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years since he spoke this word, since I spoke this word to Moses while Israel was wandering in the wilderness. And now here I am, this day, 85 years old. And yet I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going in and coming out. Therefore, give me this mountain which the Lord spoke to me on that day. For you heard that in that day the Anakim, the giants, were there. The cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me, and I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him and gave Hebron to Caleb. Hebron was a few miles from what we know as Jerusalem. He gave it to Caleb, in the, the son of Jephunneh, as an inheritance. And verse 15 says, And Hebron formerly was Kirath Arba, the land of the Anakim, then the Lord, the land, had rest from war. May the Lord bless the reading and hearing of his word. You may be seated. What a mighty champion 
this man named Caleb was. I want you to turn back with me to the book of Numbers, and I want you to see something magnificent that the Lord had spoken on the occasion of the spying out of the land. We've been studying that for two weeks now. And uh, we see that when Moses sent the 12 spies, one representative from all the tribes, out to look over the land. Remember, they'd been in Egypt 430 years. And now God had promised them that he was going to deliver them into the land that he promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The land of his highest and best, the land of Canaan. Ten of the spies brought back a report talking about all the enemies all the reasons why they couldn't have the land. But I, I, I want you to know that there were two who had a different word. In fact, in chapter 14, I want you to notice again, verse 24, what God said about Caleb. My servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit. Everybody say those two words. Different spirit. By my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring him into the land where he went, and his descendants shall inherit it. You should know that what you believe not only affects you, but your descendants. He has a different spirit. Now, last time, we asked ourselves, what made this man so different? Remember, he was looking through a different lens. He didn't believe what he saw. He didn't believe what he heard. He believed and heard what the Word of God said. Now remember, for years and years and years, through the teaching of Moses, Caleb and Joshua and all the children of Israel had heard the words that God gave to Abraham, I'm going to give you this land as a permanent forever possession. It is eternally yours. Caleb believed it. And so when he went over to spy out the land, he saw the Canaanites and the Amorites, the Hittites and the Jebusites. He saw all the ites. He saw the Anakim, the, the great men of great stature, the giants. He saw everything that the other ten saw but notice what he said there in verse 30, chapter 13 of Numbers. Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take position for, possession, for we are well able to overcome it. So how does somebody see the same thing everybody else sees, but come with a totally different perspective and a, an absolutely different prognosis about what can happen and what can't happen. How can you look at everything everybody else sees and have a different perspective? It's because you have a different spirit. Caleb was looking through a different lens than the other ten spies were. He was looking through the lens of the promises of God, not all the opposition that was going to have to be faced in the land of Canaan. And sure enough, there was Jericho and all kinds of issues and, and giants and <laughs> all kinds of enemies that would have to be overtaken. By the way, once they did get into Jericho, how did they, how did they take a walled 
incredible city like Jericho with all the, all, all the, the power and the might and the walls and, and the armies, how did they do it? Remember what God said? I want you to get out there and start going day by day around and around the city. I want you to do it for seven days, and when I give you the signal, I want you Basically, what he was saying is, I want you to get into a shout. I'm going I'm to ask you to get into the musical instruments of praise. I want you to blow those trumpets, and I want you to shout a shout of great praise and victory. That's how God collapsed the walls of Jericho. Maybe your Jericho is going to collapse by your praise and worship instead of staying up at night worrying about the end result. Maybe this is something that you're facing that only God can fix. Maybe the lens we look through is the key to our victory. Caleb looked through a different lens, and it was through the... In Caleb's mind and heart... I don't care what I'm having to face. If God says I'm going to overcome and this land is mine, then I am going to believe whatever God said, regardless of what I see or feel or hear or what anybody else says. Sooner or later, if you're going to really grow in the Lord, you've got to get to that point. So he had a different spirit because he looked through a different lens. Remember what Jesus prayed for the disciples and he prayed for us in John 17 before he left. He said, Father, sanctify them, set them apart in the truth. Thy word is truth. So what are you believing today that doesn't line up with the word of God? If Jesus' definition of the truth was God's word, and if we abide in that word, that word will set us free then are we looking through the right lens? Caleb was a man with a different spirit because he looked with a different lens. I want you to show you something else there. Turn to chapter 14. And just by way of review, it's been a couple of weeks since we taught on this. I want you to look in chapter 14, and I want you to see when all the children of Israel were hearing the report of the other ten spies when, when they were saying, well, we should, go, we, we should go on back to Egypt. I wish we had died in this wilderness. It would have been better. It would have been better for us and our children. And of course, you, you know the story. God said, have it your way. But I want you to notice that after the children of Israel were in such turmoil, listening to the bad reports, that Caleb's report was incredibly different. Look in verse 6. Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. Do you ever repent for your children? Do you ever get before God and weep and sob on behalf of those you love who are going against God's highest and best? Does this ever tear your heart out? For those that God has put in your circle, do you ever, does it ever bother you? Do you ever suffer for their sake? The Lord has not called us to a life where we're not touched by other people in their pain. Listen, 
there is a connection with the throne of God that can only come when we suffer on behalf of somebody else and their hurt, their pain. It's not enough just to say, well, uh, that's their deal. They'll just have to figure it out. The Bible is very clear that Jesus' heart is hurt and he expresses great mercy and tenderness and grace for those of us who are in a time of need. You look at his own life and you see how other people's issues tore at his heart. He wept. Back to our passage. And they spoke, verse 7, to all the congregation of the children of Israel and said, The land we pass through is an exceedingly good land if the Lord delights in us. If the Lord delights in us. Isn't it true that the bottom line of the final result is in the hands of the Lord? Yes or no? Do you belong to the Lord? Whether I live therefore or die, I am the Lord's is what Scripture says. Yes or no? If the Lord delights in us, then He will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord nor fear the people, for they are our bread. Their protection has been removed from them. The Lord is with us. Do not fear them. And you notice what all the friends uh, said upon hearing that, verse 10. Let's stone them with stones. We don't want to hear that. Isn't it amazing uh, how so many people don't want to hear a word of faith or encouragement or joy? It's pretty surprising, but I don't guess it should be. Caleb looked through a different lens. He had a different spirit and attitude. We found out last time that on the other side of conquering the land of Canaan after in the, in the wilderness was so cruel. We brought up the fact that all adults of an accountable age, except those who believed God, fell in the wilderness. How would you like to go to a funeral every day? every day? How would you like for those in your immediate family? How would you like for those that you know and love as friends? How would you like to see them die every day? For 40 years. Unbelief is serious. But there's no, listen, there's no indication whatsoever that Joshua and Caleb ever got bitter toward those who stayed deceived. When they knew the truth and stood on the truth and suffered for the truth, there's no indication whatsoever that they got bitter toward those who caused them to also pay a huge price in the wilderness. 
the people God has connected you with in your life is for a redemptive purpose. Being a follower of Jesus does not exempt you from the pain that others that are close to you are going through. It's part of the development of the heart of Jesus. Sometimes it amazes me at how many times over the course of my life I hurt his heart, but he never got bitter or condemned me. He drew me by his love. It's the, it is the kindness of God that draws us to repentance, Scripture says. Well, well, Caleb looked through a different lens. He refused to operate in anger and bitterness toward those who were causing him pain. So here's one, one last question on this before we move on. Are you allowing those who are causing you pain to stimulate anger or bitterness towards them? Anger and bitterness block the flow of God's blessing. He's, he's characterized by his love. Anger and bitterness are going to block the flow of the Spirit of God in your life. He was a different man. He looked through a different lens. He refused to allow the decisions of others to cause him to get into anger and bitterness. And what we just read in the reading of scriptures to begin this, he had an internal fire and he was bent on taking new ground when he was 85 years old. Remember what he said? The land God promised me is what I want. I'm 85 years old and I'm as strong today as I was at 40 for war. For war. It's amazing how many believers today don't want to have anything to do with war. I'm talking about spiritual warfare. You're never going to learn how to walk in intimacy with Jesus if you don't learn how to engage in spiritual warfare. It's real. How did Caleb continue to develop that lens that was eternal and true? For one thing, his cohort Joshua gives us an indication here in Joshua 1.8 where he says, don't let the word of God. Remember, don't let the Word of God, this is what God spoke to Joshua, don't let the Word of God depart from your mouth. Keep it in the midst of your heart. Meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do according to all that's written in it, and then you will have good success. I wonder how many of our schemes for success starts with meditation on the Word of God. I wonder how many of us believe that we can overcome anything through the meditation of and recitation of the Word of God. Remember, this was impossible for Joshua to lead two and a half to three million people and with, without a very good track record into the land of Canaan when all of the established enemies were there. God said, here's one thing I want you to do. 
Keep the word of God in your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do, obey it, and you will prosper and succeed. And we want to make everything except the meditation of and the recitation of the word the key to our success. No wonder we don't see much, many victories as a body of Christ. He was a man of a different spirit because he saw through the lens of that word. But what can we take from this? Make the meditation on and the recitation of the word of God the center of your intimacy with the Lord. Your intimacy with the Lord. Yes, we need to worship. Yes, we need to pray. But make sure that that word that never changes is at the heart of our intimacy with the Lord. Notice what else he did. He found in Joshua a cohort. He found in Moses and Aaron spiritual covering to be a great warrior. Can I ask you something? Do you realize how important it is, exemplified throughout Old and New Testament, to connect with others of like mind? And in this case, I'm asking you this question. If you want to be a person with a different spirit and you want to, you want to be a champion, you've got to learn to associate and connect with warriors. With warriors. I don't mean somebody who will say, well, I'll just pray that the Lord will bless you. I'm talking about somebody who will get in there with you in the heat of your battles and pray and believe and stand with you and for you. Do you have that? Are you, or is it available to you but you're not connecting with it because of your pride? Caleb had Joshua, and they both had spiritual covering. You say, what what do you mean by that? Moses and Aaron were the God-designed spiritual leaders of Israel, and the problem with why did they wander around in the wilderness? Because the people wouldn't listen to the Word of God from their spiritual covering. They wouldn't do it in their pride and rebellion. A small core of like-minded older warriors. You know, by older, I'm, I, it's usually chronological, but it doesn't have to be. An older warrior in the realm of the Spirit can be somebody who's more seasoned than you. God led me in my late 40s to connect with a man who was farther down the road than I was in his journey and walk with the Lord. It blessed me then. It blesses me today. Today. 
Who do you know that's farther down the road in their journey that you can connect with? Are you doing it? Do you know that there are people all over this congregation who are older warriors? Now, I know all our young people back there. You may not know this, but you need older warriors in your life. You know what that means? You need to connect with somebody who's been through something. Been through a few things. Look, look, at, look at Louise right here. Now, she'll probably uh, beat me up after this. Louise has been through two rounds of serious cancer. She's lost a husband. She lost a child. She was one of the first women in this town to establish and run a big business when that wasn't cool in Birmingham, Alabama. She'd been through some stuff and come out on the other side without bitterness. See, that's the biggie right there. Everybody going to go through some stuff. But do you come out on the other side without bitterness? My goodness. This woman right here had to go through a divorce. She had to go through... She has to drive to Huffman High School every day. She'd gotten pushed down in the floor, assaulted. She's up every morning, sometimes before four, but at least by four praying, and a lot of that is for her pastors and for you. She's been through some stuff. I see Stephen Kathy, I see Wayne and, and his Kathy losing children like Dina and I have. Well, no, hold on just a minute here. I may get in trouble when I get home for this. I'm not. You know your associate pastor here, Pastor Dina. She was abused as a child, physically beaten. One day I was about to go in and teach the Word of God many years ago, and I got a frantic call from her. She walked in and found her daddy laying in the bed dead. Her mother lost her mind during that time. Couldn't even go to the funeral. She was in the psych ward of... UAB Hospital. My daddy died on his way to work one day at 54 years old. Our son was born with a genetic disease and left us at 18. We've been through some stuff. You can stay under whoever you want to, but I'm telling you, find you a champion somewhere that have been through some stuff and come out on the other side without bitterness. Somebody that knows and believes God.
And that's just a few in this congregation. God has a vast network of somebody that you can connect with who will go before the throne of God and do spiritual warfare on your behalf. That's one reason why we set aside every, ser- every service, time for prayer, time for connection, time for somebody to get on board with you where you are and go before the Lord of heaven. Sometimes you just need a deliverer with skin on. Connecting with older warriors. Make it a priority in your journey with the Lord. There are things that you can learn about the Lord that you'll never know. There is a new sense of power, a new sense of authority, a new sense of wisdom that comes from connecting with an older warrior in the Lord. God made it very clear there in our passage that he was going to bless the descendants of Caleb because of the different spirit that he found in Caleb. That mighty spirit of warrior rested on his family. They took and possessed mighty lands. I'll tell you something else about him. He was a man free. There's no indication whatsoever of any jealousy when the Lord promoted his cohort, Joshua, to be the leader of Israel. I'm reading now from Deuteronomy chapter 34. This is talked about Moses' death. The last chapter of the book of Deuteronomy in verse 7. Listen to this. Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eyes were not dim, nor his natural vigor diminished. Wow. And the children of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab for 30 days. So the days of weeping and mourning for Moses ended. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, listen, was full of the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. We talk about in this church all the time the spiritual principle of transference. That's why the Bible talks about the laying on of hands. That's why when you receive Holy Communion, the Bible says it is communion with the body and blood of Jesus, 1 Corinthians 10. That's the reason we believe in in the baptism of of new believers. That's the reason there, there is a transference. That's the reason that when people are ordained in this church, there's the laying on of hands. It's not some silly superstition. It is believing that there is something received through God's order in Holy Scripture. So I'm asking you this. Do you understand that who you associate with, there is a transference spiritually speaking, of what they have received. When you open your heart to receive what they've received, there is a spiritual transference that takes place in the operation of spiritual things. That's God's idea, not ours. 
So associate with a seasoned warrior and quit believing that your whole purpose in life is to be comfortable. You have an assignment from the Lord to take new ground. New ground. But you're not going to be able to do it by yourself. Your own part is to develop day by day that internal lens of what God says, to meditate on it, to speak it over your life and circumstances, to worship Him in spirit and in truth, to receive the mind of Christ that's been put in you as a believer by the Spirit of God, to associate with older warriors, developing the spirit of Caleb. And so I would ask you today to ask the Lord, what new ground is it that you have assigned for me? And what am I willing to do about it today? Uh, I want to remind you of one thing from our scripture these last few weeks, and that is this. You can't stay in neutral, you'll roll backwards. You're either going to develop the spirit and mindset of Caleb or you're going to believe what everybody else believes and eventually that'll lead to a slow death. Death of everything that you prize and is precious to you. Let's bow our heads together and I want us to do business with that question. What am I going to do about the assignment God has for me? If you say, well, I know that the Lord's finished with me. I, I'm just trying to stay comfortable the rest of my life. Then you're out of bounds. With the purpose that God has given you. He gave you life and breath. Do you still have life and breath? He's not done with you. Can I tell you something? It's never over till God says it's over. So don't you say anything contrary to what God says. Amen? I want you to pray right now, Lord. Would you reveal to me what you're doing through this assignment I have? And if you don't know what that assignment is, Start seeking Him more diligently about, Lord Jesus, why? What do you have for me? What is it about me being here that only I can fulfill that I'm missing? Do you know Scripture tells us that right now, by the Holy Spirit, God is transforming us into the image and likeness of Jesus. Are we cooperating? How many would say, 
I don't want to have to be shaken out of my lethargy. I am preaching to myself today. I want you to be able to say about me like you said about Caleb, I have a different spirit in me. I still want to be taking new ground, at least in my inner man. What you have redeemed, I want you to possess fully and completely. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.